I would have arguments with my friends growing up and they'd be like, what do you want to do when you grow up, Jamie? And I'd say, I'm going to change the world. And they'd be like, you can't change the world. You know, like I just had always had that thing in me of like, I'm supposed to do something big. And so I went to bed that night, like bawling my eyes out. I was feeling depressed, um, crying out to God and just being like, God, show me what this thing that you've put in me is. Show me a billion dollar idea so that I can leave a legacy for my family and change the world. This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Better Wealth Podcast. And today's episode is really, really special to me. I had the opportunity to sit down with Jamie Cross. And Jamie is a dear friend of mine. And I have to say, out of all the interviews that I've given, this has got to be up there for being one of the most moving, emotional interviews that I've done. And, and here's why. Jamie has gone through a lot in life. A lot. A lot of ups and lots of downs. And she has been so resilient and has pushed through and is impacting so many people. And she shares that story with us and she shares, you know, some low areas and gets vulnerable. And then she shares, you know, what's made them successful and gives good business insights and then really goes vulnerable again, sharing where they're gonna go. And I just admire so much of her heart and so much of her passion as she brings to, to business. I knew about Jamie for about two years now because I do a lot of um, funnel hacking and funnel hacking is um, uh, put on by a guy named Russell Brunson who came, his company is called ClickFunnels and they help entrepreneurs um, just, you know, help them create leads and do more business online. And he, Russell Brunson loves Jamie and talks about her and uses her as examples, put him, put her on his stage. And then she spoke on Grant Cardone's stage in front of 35,000 people. So she's like, she's like getting very, very popular. And um, she was on my list of people, like dream people to connect with um, just because our values are the same. She's big into health. She homeschools her kids. She's running, she did $5 million last year or in the last two years with just selling soap and she's just continually um you know going for more but what what i admire most about her uh, well i i shouldn't say most one thing i very much admire about jamie is her heart for serving people and her heart for her family it's so genuine you guys uh, i i mean i got to meet her this last year and we connected uh just really connected within like the first five or ten minutes and i've just had the just pleasure of being almost a part of their family and really speaking into her her kids lives especially her oldest judah and i've just really admired their family and and so i sort of forgot like okay this you know jamie's a big deal and then i go to a conference with her and she you know people are stopping and taking photos and 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 i've taken her story for granted and it's really powerful the other thing that i uh, will say because I edited this this down to one one episode versus two, um, I had to cut out a lot of her opening story. And while I'm going to hold on to the footage, and if you're like dying to see it, I I'll I'll figure out a way to in maybe another episode just just talk about her um, beginning years. The reason I didn't want to include it in this is I really really want you guys to listen to this. Like I'm telling you, if you need to be encouraged, if you're someone that. Um, it feels like you have an idea that can change people's lives or if you're just or if you're in business and it's just really tough like this is a must listen to and so I made the edits uh, the best of my ability and I, I really think this is going to add the most amount of value to you 
And um, I just I just would encourage you listen with with open hands and with an open mind and really reflect on not just Jamie's story, but how this can translate into your your life and the impact that you have. And um, it's re- it's really really significant. The other thing that I want to say is for those of you that you know fall in love with Jamie or you know when she talks about her soap company and she talks about what they're doing and just some up to some amazing things. And if you're like into the whole natural, um, you know, being being more natural and and she I don't know if she said this on this podcast, but she's like, you know, your largest organ is your skin, and yet your skin's not wallpaper kind of deal. And yet most people are are not educated as it relates to how to treat that. And if this is something that interests you, um, stay tuned to the end because I'm going to give you some um, good call to actions to how you can connect with Jamie, how you can get more um, connected with what she's doing because um, you are hearing about her pre-billionaire, but mark my words, she's a billionaire in the making and uh, it's just been a really an honor to get to know her and hear her story. So without further ado, Here's Jamie Cross. I remember specifically two situations that had happened. One night, Nathan comes home, and he's got this gift card, and he says, hey, I got this $25 gift card for this ice cream shop. I'm going to go to the ice cream shop and try to sell it for 15 bucks so we can have money for gas and groceries this week. Because we were living on pasta, no sauce, like if we had a good week, I was buying like a couple bananas so that we could have fruit in the house. I mean, it was like, I had, I had shut off my, my producer ability and any kind of entrepreneurial, like, and I was all in with motherhood. I wasn't even thinking about how can I make money at this point? I'm like serving the family fully. And Nathan's like coaching, he's doing weekend jobs. Like we're, and we don't have really any debt, you know, so it's not like, it's not like we're sitting around, like we're working hard. I'm doing mom. And so, um, and then so one, not too long after that, Nathan comes home and he's like, Hey, I got a promotion. And I'm thinking like, that's amazing. You're an art teacher. How does an art teacher get promoted? And I just remember like resting my hands on my belly, my little, my pregnant belly being like, Oh my gosh, salvation has come to this home, (laughs) you know? And Nathan says, yeah, I got laid off. And I remember being like, wait, you can't get laid off. Like that can't happen. And he said, I'm like, why is this a promotion? He said, because the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter. And if it's not this, then something better is in store for us. And so we, God continued to open doors. And then at that point, It's October of 2010, and I'm getting calls from the utility company. We had, by then, we'd had our second baby. I'm again postpartum nursing two little babies, barely making it. And I'm like feeling the pain of we were doing multi level marketing at this time, too. And so we're like, I'm seeing all these women make this impact. And something in me was stirring again of like, okay, I've come through two years of full-time motherhood. My season to step into more fullness of who I am is here again. I need to like, what is this thing stirring in me? I know I'm supposed to change the world. I grew up knowing. I would have arguments with my friends growing up and they'd be like, what do you want to do when you grow up, Jamie? And I'd say, I'm going to change the world. And they'd be like, you can't change the world. (laughs) You know, like, 
I just had always had that thing in me of like, I'm supposed to do something big. And so I went to bed that night, like bawling my eyes out. I was feeling depressed, um, crying out to God and just being like, God, show me what this thing that you've put in me is. Show me a billion dollar idea so that I can leave a legacy for my family and change the world. So that it was like this whole perfect storm of bills and just all the things that were happening. And um, so here I am, I cry out to God. Oh, in our marriage, like we were, we were building our communication. So I, I say this a lot in marriage, you know, a lot of times people get married and everything is just like fairy tale. And, but Nathan and I are very different and we had to learn how to take our differences and use them as a force for like complimenting each other. Cause there was a season when it was like, I'm a verbal affirmations person and he's not verbal. And so there's like this conflict of, and he's like, and so we had to learn how to really, um, and that's the beauty of commitment in marriage is that when you're committed, my vision was always, I want to be the wife of your dreams. And he was always committed to being the man of my dreams. And so as long as we were coming back to that, we would have to have those conversations. Like, how are we going to invest in our marriage? Because we would have arguments and we were, there were seasons where we were fighting or we were having heavy discussions about what to do next or like, just wanting to go on a date, you know, me putting stickies on the fridge and be like, please take me on a date. And his mind was like, well, we don't have money for a date. I'm like, let's just go to Barnes and Noble. And so we would do that. We would go to Barnes and Noble and we would share a tea, which was like a dollar 13 and we would share tea and we would sit for four or five hours. My mom would come watch the boys and we would dream. I would get all the magazines I could find on log cabins and the homes and the ranches. And we would talk about the future. Like every single day, I remember for years and years and years, we would talk about what we would do when we like, when we did what we felt like God was putting in us to do eventually. And it would, it would bring hope back. And um, so I would always, I always encourage people, you know, it's good to dream you got to have that dream. Without a vision, the people perish. And I think that's where I was. I was kind of in that stage of perishing because we knew that we wanted to do ministry. We knew that we there were all these things we wanted to do, but we didn't have the vehicle to do it in, you know? And so I cried out to God and asked Him for a billion-dollar idea and went to church that Sunday. And I'm sitting there just glazed over and feeling totally raw and just in that state of like, what should should I do? Should I start? Like I'd heard the story about this lady who sat at her table for three days and prayed and waited until God gave her an idea. And she she ended up starting the scented Play-Doh company. And I just remember being like, God, what is it? What's the idea? Because I don't want to just, I could go back into finance. I could be doing real estate, but I want to do something that I know could be a billion dollar idea, something that could change the world. So you show me. And our pastor that Sunday morning, he's speaking and he's teaching and he's halfway through a sermon and he stops the sermon and he comes to the edge of the stage. And he looks out and he says, this has never happened to me before, but God just spoke to my heart and said that there's a stay-at-home mom here who he wants to give a billion dollar idea to, so get ready for it. And I was just like, God, yes. I was like screaming in my heart, like ready to jump out of my seat. God, whatever you give me, I'll be faithful with it. Just show me what it is. And I had a dream. 
like two weeks later, or no, I'm sorry, a couple days later. And it was MIG and I saw myself pouring these oils. I saw all these vats of oils and these purple flowers and MIG coming up out of the oils and these barns. And I was in this like stone corridor and I could just see, it was more than what I could see visually, but it was the power and the force and the feeling that I had. It was like, I was, I was making an impact. I was pouring my life out. I was making these products and um, woke up and told Nathan, I'm going to start a skincare company. And he was like, okay, go babe. And so I didn't have any, like I failed chemistry. I was a D minus in chemistry. My, my teacher gave me a D minus so that I could graduate with a diploma. (laughs) You know, I should have gotten an F, but he had mercy on me. Um, Oh gosh. Anyway, so here I am, like, I don't know anything about formulating products formulating soap and I literally go out and find out every book I could find. I go to Barnes and Noble, I go to the library and I'm looking for books on Ayurvedic medicine and naturopathic healing and chemistry and um, studied for a year and had no, no money for a site, no money for packaging, anything like that. So literally a year goes by and I formulate our first bar of soap and it was amazing. It was perfect. You know, like, it takes about six to eight weeks to cure a bar of soap. And I remember like pouring this bar and having to sit there for six weeks to make sure that I had, that the formulation that I had created was that I nailed it. As soon as I knew, like sure enough, I had chopped it up. I'd given some samples out to friends and some mentors and it was an amazing bar of soap. So went out that, like as soon as I had it ready, made another batch and went out and started selling on the streets in Denver and Calder Springs, walking up and down the streets, just going and walking into stores and asking for owners and buyers. And mom would load the babies up and and she would drive eight hours a day while I would be walking into these stores. I was still nursing. And when you were starting, when you started MIG, was, was the soap very much different? Like, was it amazing off the bat or was that part of the process? It was amazing off the bat. As a matter of fact, like I, I had people that would call me like high level leaders because I, I had mentors. Um, I'd gone to some people and was like telling them what I was doing and about the fact that God had given me a dream. And I remember I got a call from one of my mentors. He's like, Jamie, this is the most incredible bar of soap I've ever used in my life. And I have built on that since and improved my formulations, but it was perfect. I've never had a failed batch. And what, what makes your soap so amazing? My process my formulation is like it, um, I've created sort of a proprietary process that keeps the nutrients dense in the soap so that it's not robbing or stripping your skin and it's depositing nourishment as it's gently cleansing. And, um, I remember in my studies with chemistry, they're like, here's the limit for the essential oils you can put in, in a batch of soap. And I pushed it 500%. So, you know, like when you buy our soap, it could be in a box in the mailbox a mile away and the mail the and you can smell our products but i wanted to i i'm i you know here's the thing about innovation we should actively be pursuing innovation in our businesses and so for me it was like and further on in the story in the farmers markets i had to get innovative so here's something i talk about a lot your vision 
people are like, I want to be on the stage. I want to make a million dollars. I want to do all these things. And I'm like, my vision always starts with being faithful with the little things. It's like this upside down triangle. It starts at this little tiny point for me. It was learning how to make a bar of soap and then one bar of soap. That's where I started. And I made that bar of soap, the best bar of soap on the planet. And then I expanded from there. And so we went from wholesale retail. We started to grow pretty quickly and, um, really didn't like the wholesale retail model. And so here's a great thing too about being an entrepreneur. A lot of people fail in business because they start, like they get a giant loan and they, they get capital and they don't prove their, they don't get proof of concept. They don't understand the market. They don't know who their avatar is. They don't really even understand their own product and how it pertains to the needs of their, their marketplace, you know? And so I, I was continuously like building line upon line, precept to prom precept. I was never in a hurry to go big. I kind of was like, obviously as a visionary and a driver, I'm like, I'm ready for this thing to be a billion dollar company. But you weren't going to compromise on, no. on the product. No, and I understood very quickly, especially doing wholesale retail. Um, Cause we started having bigger stores and I just remember being like, I'm so disconnected from our consumer. I really don't, want the store to be my client. I want to work directly with the people. So I jumped out of that and we went from having hundreds of stores to like me focusing all in with farmers markets. Some people would say, well, why don't you just build one on the next? For me, like it was a dividing thing. Like I felt so divided between having to serve this client over here and it was a totally different system and process and you're cutting your, like you're making half, I wanted to also make more money because when you're selling, let's say you see a bar of soap for $2 on the shelf, typically the the producer, me, I'm making a dollar or 75 cents on that. And so it's called keystoning. You make that your wholesale price is half of what retail would be typically. And you have to pay for all the product. You have to pay for all your raw material and your cost of goods and everything. And so, um, so I jumped into farmer's markets. A lot of it was just for the purpose of R&D. And here's the crazy thing about markets. You think like these farmers show up and they make all this money or they're like, just, it's this happy place. But I set up my, my tables and very quickly, there's like two or three other soap companies at the same market and they would send their people to my table and they would listen to my pitch and they would start copying me. I would create and formulate and spend months developing this amazing soap. And then two weeks later, this other lady's got, or like a month later, this other lady's got an activated charcoal soap and they're using the same pitch. So I had to, and so here's the great, but that was a good thing for me. Cause I'm like, you just watch me like crush this. Like you cannot, and you can't take wisdom and knowledge and, um, and good sell- selling capabilities. I'm a very good salesperson. Like you can't, you can't copy that, you know? And here's what I found too. A lot of people are creatives, but they're not entrepreneurs or they're, they're creatives, but they are not salespeople, which they can develop in that. But it takes, like, you really have to develop your business acumen. So very quickly, I was like, how am I going to separate myself in a saturated market? And that's a good question to ask yourself. How am I going to be different? And for years, people would ask me what what makes you guys different? And I didn't know how to answer them because I knew in my heart that our products were special and that I was doing things differently. But how do you articulate that in a way that they're like, it clicks for them. Oh, you guys are different. Cause everybody can say, Oh, our ingredients oh, our, and now I'm like, 
I give, I can give you a three second, like three things that make our, our entire brand different. So one of the things, the first things I did was I raised my prices. We were the only place in the entire farmer's market that had a $10 bar of soap. Everybody else was selling their bars for $2, which, so that would cause people to be like, oh my gosh, like, why are you, they'd come to my table, like, what makes you think you can sell a bar? Well, try this. And they'd smell it and they're like, oh my gosh, I have to try this now. (laughs) So it was a great hook, but um, I figured things out very quickly and was constantly innovating and going back to the drawing board. And people would come back and say, I would spend months and months and months developing a product putting it out in the marketplace, like creating labels, all the packaging, all the design, which I did on pages myself because I didn't have money to like pay a designer. So I, did, I learned how to do all that stuff. And nobody would want to buy that product. And I learned very quickly, okay, this is a product nobody wants. Out with it. Like don't get attached to your... Don't get married to your product. Like, figure out what, what the market wants. And so I would scrap it. And then um, I'd have people come back and they'd say, your lotion's too sticky. It's too heavy. It's not moisturizing enough. It's too, um, I don't like the essence. And so I'm like going back to the drawing board to the point where within a couple months of that second year in our market, I literally had 95 to 100% of people coming back to my table saying, I got off of prescription drugs. I've been, I've tried every cream on the planet. I've come, tried your stuff for two days and my eczema has gone. My acne has gone. My psoriasis is gone. I got off of sleep medication. I got off pain medication. We had the Olympic training center in Calder Springs. We had have Olympic athletes driving all the way to Denver just to buy our balms. Cause they're like, I'm performing better now because of your stuff. And so that was inspired by two people in my life. One of them was I met with a mentor very quickly, very, very early on when I had my two little bars of soap. And here I am like soap girl, you know, yeah. I'm not like, I heard someone call you lotion girl the other day, which really threw me for a little bit. But yeah, yeah. Soap girl. Like I was, I was like little soap girl, not to them. Like in my heart, I knew I was a beast. I knew I was like going to just build a billion dollar company. I just, I knew that I, I have faith that when God when you ask God for something and he gives it to you, that he will be faithful as long as you're being faithful and doing your part, you know? So I met with a mentor and I show him my two little bars of soap and he was like, yeah, that's really great, Jamie. I was like, yeah. And I don't know where this came from, but it just came out of me. I said, and, and this guy's like one of the top leaders in Amway. I said, yeah, we'll compete with Amway one day. And he looked at me and he laughed and he said, you'll never compete with Amway. And I remember just being like happy smiley face. And in my heart, I was like, you just watch me. (laughs) It was like, I like watch me be unstoppable now. Like this thing is going to happen. And so, um, and then another mentor, she's like, you know, natural products just don't work. And I thought, you know, game on. There's no way that what man is making in a lab is better than what God created in the earth, you know? I just have to figure out and tap into that. And so I did. Can we go back to those three things that different, like made your product different than, than others? Here's the thing about building a company is we are building a brand which has um, palpable tangibility. And like you can sense and feel who we are when you encounter us. You know, when you, when you go on our Facebook or you see our ads or you try our products, you get our emails, you're like, this is a real thing. So the first thing is 
our culture. Not many companies can be like bragging on their culture, but the way that people come away transformed as a, as a person when they encounter us is like, is, um, sets us apart. You get our emails, you, you become inspired. You're like, wow, I can actually live my dream. I can do the thing I'm called to do, you know? And then we've got obviously products that can support them on their journey. So culture is the one thing. The second thing is our, the fact that we control our manufacturing. So here's what's happening in skincare, nutraceuticals, supplements. All of these companies have different labels, different branding, different verbiage, different whatever, but they're all being manufactured by the same companies. It's the same products packaged differently with different messaging. And so very, um, in about three or four years into um, MIG, I started researching outsourcing our manufacturing. And I learned about all the dirty, like, terrible details about, like, the truth about what's happening in the manufacturing industry. And I thought, I will, I'm here to help. I'm, I consider myself a healer, you know? So if I'm going to create products that actually heal people, then we have to control our entire process. So from our sourcing, the fact that we're partnered with farmers, um, the fact that we, like, I can drive up to the apiary and meet with my bee farmer and see our bees and, like, working with an agricultural strategist now who is going to be expanding our territory in Greece so we can buy out olive farms for olive oil. Like One, th- one thing that I learned just by talking to you is beeswax beeswax is like the one of the most amazing things for your skin and and why it is rich in vitamin a which is great for anti-aging because vitamin a is what helps your body produce collagen it is antiseptic so it helps with breakouts preventing breakouts future breakouts and then it also breathable and um it's a humectant so it pulls moisture from the air and it locks it into your skin right and there are other products that have this whole beeswax thing, but you guys like do it very pure and raw. Yeah, so that's the great thing. You're like speaking my perfect webinar. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I take notes. <laughs> yeah. I've been around you once in a while. <laughs> yeah, you can look at your skincare and see Sarah Alba, C-E-R-A Alba, which is beeswax, but it's been imported. It's been denatured and bleached. It smells like plastic. Our beeswax is bright orange. It smells like honey. It's literally come right off the honeycomb. It takes 300 pounds of honey to produce one pound of beeswax. So it's a super precious ingredient. It's not always available. But now with my relationships that I've been building for nine years with farmers, eight years, I have pretty much bought out the entire state of Colorado. Like we are the, the largest purchaser of raw beeswax in the state i know this (laughs) and we're expanding now into more states so can we go back to okay you're hustling on the farmer's market Mm -hmm. and like you can't tell me that that was massively profitable it was so it was enough for us to put money back into the business and then to be able to like we weren't struggling like we were like we were now there's like but we're not building a million dollar company. We right. we were doing right. You're paying. You're like eating. You're eating yeah, food. Yeah, we were doing like a hundred thousand dollars a year every summer. But we were hiring people. That's running multiple markets. That's revenue. That's exactly. So cost of goods. <laughs> I had hired girls at twenty. Here's another thing: is like people would hire people to run their tables for them at like ten bucks an hour. I was paying my girls between twenty and twenty five dollars an hour because I believe strongly that. 
a workman is worthy of their hire and that it's always going to come back to you. So I always wanted people. And plus, you know, we're up at 4 a.m. Nathan and I would stay up until 2 a.m. on those, like the night before the big markets, finishing like packaging. And Nathan would box everything up and we'd color code it because we had like seven or eight markets each week at different locations and different days. And so um, we would... I'd get up at four, the car would be loaded, I would drive to Denver, I would set up my table at 6 a.m. Sometimes I'd forget warm shoes and it would rain, and I'd be in my flip-flops with my t-shirt, and I would make no sales that day. You know, it was it was super hardcore, but it was amazing. But you got to learn your market. Yes. And who who was your, your target people that wanted your product? Exactly. So... When people are like, I just want to throw up a funnel and like build this business and make a million dollars, I always encourage people to really get their hands dirty for a season and get to know the people. And um, I really did that. I heard thousands of stories and I learned that this is not like, this is people with homes and pain and stories. And um, so by the time we went from markets to digital online, we were ready. Like we had a solid product. I knew my market. So who, who introduced you to Russell Brunson? So I'm at this point, I'm pregnant with baby number four hemorrhaging on bed rest for seven months. And I have all this time sitting in bed and we thought we were going to lose him. And I literally was like, once again, what was it? Somebody said at the, at the conference we just went to the reason before like you have a reason. I had a reason to expand now. And like, we have to grow again because I don't want to be, I'm building a billion dollar company. Like I'm always telling myself and telling people I'm a billionaire in the making, you know, and people will say that now when I tell them what we're doing now, they're like, well, that's your billion dollar model. And I'm like, yeah, they know I'm the billion dollar girl. I, they've watched me now for nine years, not quit and not give up and like continue on. And so, um, so I'm, I'm sitting there in bed one day and had been praying It always like my breakthroughs always, um, come after like massive, just asking God to give me direction and wisdom and show me where and who and what. And, I'm like, Lord, I need a mentor. I need to figure out this whole digital marketing thing. I want somebody who can teach me principles because um, I had seen like and invested in some mentors who were teaching tactics and it was just, it was dumb. Like some of the digital marketing world is kind of dumb because there's a lot of promises out there and, and a lot of not fulfillment. So sitting there one day and somehow one of Russell Brunson's videos popped up with Trey Llewellyn and he's Trey Llewellyn. And here's me, like mother of three, new baby on the way, bed rest. I'm running farmer's markets. So there's kind of a story there, but now we're out of state. I'm running farmer's markets from another state. Our business is still located in Colorado. And I'm like, we have to grow. We have to grow. And so Trey Llewellyn is talking about these gun cleaning kits that he's selling. And he's making like 40 bazillion dollars in a weekend and I just remember it was a like total light bulb of like, he's selling a physical product and he's talking about how simple this is with this whole funnel thing. Why can't I sell soap? I'm sure that I could use this, like model exactly what he's doing. So at that point we have Asher, he's hospitalized for about a month. He's super tiny. They don't think he's going to make it. The nurses are coming in. I'm literally sitting on the hospital bed, brand new mom, still like 
just a couple days out of having him, my body's tired. My heart is just raw because they're doing a little a spinal tap on my newborn and and the nurses are coming in and I'm like just can somebody please tell me he's going to be okay and they're like we can't make you any promises and I'm holding Asher and his little body's got all these needles in him and he's got you know oxygen and he's got like his little tiny bottle body is is just like dying Spoiler alert, he's chubby and very healthy and happy now and amazing. But Nathan would come because we had, you know, we had the boys at home. So Nathan would come and visit me and he would bring a book every day. And I was, thank goodness, the the nurses were so kind. They'd be like, let's put you in a room with a window. And so there was this sun shining in this window and I'm sitting in this hospital bed and I'm holding Asher. And Nathan comes and he puts his feet up on the bed and he would read to me from this book about vision and purpose and we would ball our eyes out together and we'd be like god just show us what to do we're here in this other state we want to be in colorado we know we have a heart for ministry we, we've been faithful in this business just show us like what is this thing and we had gone through this sort of traumatic experience with a nonprofit that we had been serving and just a lot of abuse that had happened there and so we were going through this whole healing just forgiveness and eliminating bitterness and just so it was the season of just pain trial you know so I, I see this video have Asher and then I'm like I Asher's now a couple months old he's you know he comes out of the hospital we're doing our thing and at this point we're like okay show us what's next God we just discovered this whole funnel world what, what do we do so my mom drives down from North Dakota, or no, from I'm sorry, from another state, from Colorado to Illinois, and she stays with the boys for a week. Another friend from high school drives down from North Dakota to stay with the boys with my mom so that they, the kids would be safe and taken care of while I hopped on a plane with my breast pump and went to Funnel Hacking Live. And I, like, everything changed at that point. I saw it, like, it got in me. I saw Tony Robbins speak. And there were all these speakers. And the whole thing about this event was the identity shift. Because at this point, I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a formulator. I'm the farmer's market girl. I'm a salesperson. And the whole thing was like, I am a marketer. And one of the speakers was like, say it out loud, I'm a marketer. And I remember being like, I have to shift from being the formulator girl scientist into it's time for me to become the marketer. I have to step into this now. And I remember specifically Tony Robbins. He's doing his big Tony Robbins thing, and he has everybody stand up. And I'm like, oh, can't we just sit down? Like, I hate that. You know, like, everybody stand up and massage your shoulders or whatever. <laughs> You're like, Say hi to the person next to you. And I'm like, oh. So he said, I want you guys to close your eyes. And I remember, okay, I'm like, okay, I'm going to close my eyes. He said, imagine that thing that you've been dreaming about I'm going to cry just telling the story. Imagine that thing that you've dreamt about for years and years and years, the thing that you've prayed for, the thing that you've hoped for and you've built for. And I'm like imagining my husband and I for now, at that point we had been married for I think 14 years or we have talked from day one about owning land and having a restoration ranch with thousands and thousands of acres and making an impact on people in that way. And I remember closing my eyes and seeing my little boy's feet 
like jumping out of the truck and hitting the bare grass with their bare feet for the first time as we just like purchased our land. And it did something in me. It was like I was imagining this dream. And he said, now open your eyes and imagine that it just happened and act like it just happened. And I let go and I started screaming and I looked to the girl next to me and she was screaming and we were like, screaming because I was literally feeling the emotion of what it would be like if the financial breakthrough had happened, if all the things that we had hoped and prayed for and believed for and sacrificed for finally had happened, and it was there now. So I went back home with a fire, and I started funnel hacking. I started building my funnel. I started reading Russell's books, funnel like figuring out this whole copy thing and perfect webinar and what's my offer and And at this point, we're like, we're moving back to Colorado from Illinois. We've been here for two years. It's time to start. And like, it's a new phase of our life. So literally, we have Nathan. I come back from my funnel hacking live. Nathan quits his job because we're like, we're all in. It's either funnels or nothing. So he was coaching and teaching full time. We've got stable income, full time benefits. Um, Our farmer's markets were doing well out of state. Like they're running in Colorado. I've got a whole team running those for us. And, um, And here I am like, okay, we have to give up all of our contracts at the farmer's markets because I'm gonna put, we're gonna burn all of the ships at the harbor and it's either funnels or nothing. We're not leaving any plan B. Cause I knew if I'm gonna be focused and if I'm gonna make this work, cause anytime you step into something, you have to be single-minded and single-focused. And so so we pack up the U-Haul, we drive back to Colorado. I'm literally like every coffee shop, we get back to Colorado and I'm funnel hacking. My mom's like, I was working at the fair in high school. She's like, funnels? Like funnel cakes? Like what is she doing? Funnel hacking, like what is this? And we didn't have a home when we first got back here. Colorado is a super high market. And every time we'd go to look at a house, it'd be gone like that day. And so Nathan's staying with a friend with two of the boys. I'm staying family with two of the boys because there's not room for everyone. And I'm literally like every single second I had, I am on my computer building my funnel, figuring out my perfect webinar, figuring out my offer. And we had three months before we were going to run out of money completely. We were going to be like, and I'm back in that place again of like going to the grocery store and looking in the cheese aisle and my heart is racing i'm waking up in the middle of the night sweating puddles like grabbing nathan like waking him up and saying can you please pray for me because i don't know like what are we doing we're like here we are in colorado homeless and we have like we have three months before we're not going to have any money and you're going to have to hopefully get a job like and i just remember being like lord you said that you would supply all of our needs according to your glorious riches it's time for like, I'm putting a demand on what you promised because I'm doing my part. You do yours. You can talk to God like that. He's like, bring it on girl. This is what I made you for. Like we're in this together. And so I failed for the first two months or so with my funnel. Nobody's buying my offer. I'm doing my perfect webinar. It's 30 minutes long and I'm trying to sell this like (laughs) $200 skincare kit. And in a nutshell, perfect webinar is a webinar that gets people to- It's a framework, yeah. It's a framework where people at the end are like all in on what you- Yeah, it's like, yes, it's like a selling framework for for online selling. And so, um, so I'm like, okay, 
noticing after I'm doing a couple of these webinars and one of the things that Russell says in his book, and here's the thing, I, I saw Russell and I knew that God had like placed him in my life. And so I trusted that everything that Russell talked about in his book was true. And so I believed him. And I think a lot of people get hung up on, um, it's not fear that stops you. It's oftentimes believing the wrong thing or not believing fully in the thing that you're doing. So Russell said in his book, he said, if you do the perfect webinar every week for a year, you will make a million dollars. And I remember being like, I believe that. So I'm going to do the perfect webinar every week until I make a million dollars. You know, I have to do this. I believe that. And so everybody's doing these 90 minute perfect webinars. They're doing these like high ticket offers. And here's me with my soap. It had never really been done before with e-commerce, the perfect webinar. And so I'm noticing though, I'm not making any sales in my funnel, but I'm noticing that people are going over to the website and they're buying one of our hero products. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, they don't want the big skincare kit. They just want this one product. And so I simplified my offer. I created a bunch of upsells that led them to that ultimate kit. Had done the perfect webinar at this point live on Facebook so many times that had gotten in my heart. And one day in particular, here I am. It's September 9th, 2017. We have tw- 20 days before like the money, th- that last paycheck was going to run out. This is out. terrifying, by the way. Like you have 20 days until you're out of money. 20 days. And we had found a house and moved in and we were going to be like back to like getting kicked out, not having money, not having like me having to go like pedal soap at the farmer's markets again and like, you know, downscale or whatever. So here we are, you know, like go back and get our contracts again with the markets because we didn't have any of that. Like we had given up everything. And so... I sit down September 9th, 2017, sitting in front of my house, next to, next to my house where the brick wall is. And I, it's windy out. You can actually go back and see the video. I think there's like 36 million views on it now. And I'm like, ooh, it's windy. And so it's totally authentic. I'm not trying to make it sound perfect or look perfect. I'm just speaking from my heart. So I literally like my first 100 times doing the webinar, I take my paper and I'm like, Hey, and so this, blah, 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 and like paper, blah, 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 and like doing the slideshow thing with paper and markers, you know? And so I go outside to do that, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to speak from my heart. I literally threw the papers in the wind. They're blowing everywhere. The boys are running up and down the house, and I'm like yelling, like, guys, get in the house. I, need, I just need five more minutes, please. So I sit down, I look in the camera and I connect and I do the perfect webinar and I I nail it in like five minutes and 36 seconds or something like that. And it came out and I'm like, I don't care that it's windy. I don't care that it's not perfect. I'm just going to send it off to a friend at that point who said she would do our ads for free for a month to like, because she believed in, in what we were doing. So I sent it off to her. We both had a really good feeling about it. And here I am, like, I go to bed that night thinking, what's it going to take? What do I have to keep doing to make this work? Like, it wasn't like, will this work? It was like, what do I need to do to make this work? What's the thing that's going to speak to their soul? What's the thing that's going to trigger or connect with my audience and my people? Wake up that next day. By the end of the day, we had done our first thousand dollars. And we had done 130000 in our first six weeks. And we've done over $5 million now in less than two years. And so it was like totally <laughs> worked. 
crazy. It's crazy that $5 million and f- over the internet selling soap. When did you know, when did you have like the, this is going to be it? Like, I know you always believed, but when, like how much money came in or what day was it that we're like, this actually works when you got a thousand dollars? This is, it's connecting. It's working thousand bucks. And then like within however many, so 130,000. And so very quickly I invested in Russell Brunson's inner circle. So we went from being able, like not being able to buy expensive cheese. So that literally that day, a thousand dollars, I was like, we are going grocery shopping and we like fruit up the wazoo and every, all of our tasty bees, we call them tasty beverages, tasty bees in this house. So like kombucha, Nathan got his, all of his fun, tasty beeves that he loves. And Um, went grocery shopping. That was the first thing that I did with our money. (laughs) And then um, six weeks later, I invested $25,000 into Russell's inner circle. And that was a game changer because then it was like, he saw what we were doing and he believed in me. He put me on his stage and he put me on the 10X stage in Miami in January in front of 35, 45,000 people and had me write a chapter for his book. And it was just like, you know, you, you sow seeds for so long. The Bible talks about how if you, if you, um, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Yeah. And, and so it's interesting because you, like I'm seeing you now and seeing the kind of person you are and seeing this massive success you are. And like, you'll go, we'll go to conferences and like people like come up and interrupt us and take photos with you. And <laughs> it's just like awesome. But like that, that didn't, that didn't happen overnight. Mm-mm. No, nine years. Nine years. Yeah. But the foundation's built now and we have a billion dollar foundation. We're yeah. ready to like scale. Yeah. Do you want to go into where you guys are going? Because I, 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 I think you, I think it's very tough to sell a billion dollars worth of product online on Facebook. on Facebook. Yeah. And this is another God thing because when you first started, you were like, I will never in a million years become any sort of network marketing MLM. You're right. Right. Because that's not, I mean, you had story. This is an amazing product. People buy this. Talk to me about that journey because I got to see, and which I'm really grateful for, by the way, like I got to witness one of your first official her events, her effect, MIG, and I also want you to go into the her effect because we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. But like, talk about that, the her effect, where you guys are going, because that I we became friends, and I've seen this thing come alive. It's been really amazing. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, so eight and a half years ago, or eight years ago, whenever it was, I sat down with one of my mentors, Bill Walton, who's amazing, and. I show him what I'm doing and he was like, Jamie, you should start a multi-level. And I was like, I will never do that. Never. Like we were, had built Amway. I didn't like the culture. I just was really kind of poisoned by the whole thing. And, um, fast forward like four years later and I went to this conference with Peter J. Daniels, who's speaking and he's a billionaire from Australia. He's got his own currency and he's speaking and he's like, let's do a Q and a, let's do a Q and a. How do you say that in Australian? Australian accent. <laughs> yeah. And so I was one of the few people that got to stand up in front of 2,000 people and ask this billionaire a question. And I asked him about mass distribution and global impact. And he said, you need to start a multi-level and you need to read my book. 
because he had written a book on, he did this whole survey on multi-level marketing. I was like, I will never do that. But for some reason, I bought his book because he told me to. And I put it on the shelf, didn't touch it. And then about a year and a half ago, maybe almost two years ago now, um, one of our pastors and some mentors came to our new facility. So we basically moved out of the, my Nathan, we, amazingly enough, it, like when we first started MIG, one of our neighbors was a lab builder. So he knew how to build clean rooms in like crazy places like garages. So he taught Nathan how to build a clean room. So we had this soap shop clean room, clean room in our garage for years. Every good company starts in the garage. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So here, um, here we had moved out of the garage and we had this facility, this little shop up the street in Glen Eagle, Colorado, here in Colorado Springs. And our mentors and some pastors flew out and they were praying over our building. And one of the pastors said, Jamie, you should start a multi-level. And I was like, I will never do that. Never do that. And and usually I'm like, haha, thank you for your input. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but I'm like, no. And then, um, so about January of this year, I had gone through this whole like marketing sort of growing pains and learning and digital marketing stuff last year. Cause when you're going from, you know, low six figures at farmer's markets to millions of dollars online, there's just a lot of, a lot of things to learn about Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg likes to change the algorithm daily. And now I have couples working for me and my, like families' livelihoods are depending on me. And I realized very quickly that Facebook was not going to get us there. Facebook was not the billion-dollar business model because I want a stable environment for our business and for our employees, especially, I mean, marketing is everything. It's the life and breath of your company, you know? And so I was in that place again this January 2019, and I'm like, okay, Lord, what's the next thing? Because I can't stand the idea of only doing $20 million this year. Like, isn't that kind of crazy as like, I can't stand the idea of trying to like make this Facebook thing work. It's so stressful. And I just started being open to all these ideas and never once considering that it could potentially be network marketing. So I make the decision and jump in. And now here we are. I start doing like just kind of getting some logistical things in place and not spreading the word, like not telling anybody, but two days after I made the decision, I go to Vegas for this conference. One of the owners of this conference, she, she's like, Hey Jamie, can you come to Vegas? And just, I'd love to give you a table. It's like a $13,000 table to just have your products there and you can have one of your staff run it. And so I was like, sure, I'll come just, it's a personal invitation from the owner. I want to, you know, be there. So I'm there and I was going to have my assistant run the table, but I was just like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just do it. Like I'll go back to farmer's markets days and, you know, like run my table. So I'm standing there and this, this woman comes to my table and she's like, I've been doing, I've been in this organization for 10 years. I've lost my passion, but I'm a trainer in the network marketing industry. And I was like, Hey, two days ago, I decided to, you know, I should tell you what we're doing because we're moving in that direction and would love to have you consider like, we should talk about you being one of our trainers so we talked like a week and a half later. I didn't know on her end what was happening, but she went home that night and called her husband and was like, I met this Jamie Cross girl and I don't know what's happening, but I feel alive again. And I think we're supposed to do something with her. 
feel like I'm supposed to, she's tell, she tells me, I feel like I'm supposed to make you famous or make you something. I'm like, great. <laughs> you know, sounds good. Um, make you shine or something like that. And so we talk a week and a half later, get on the call and she's within a month or so of us just having some conversations. Her family decides to move from Nashville all the way to Colorado to help us with this launch. So they're here temporarily now for the next nine months helping us launch. We're building a compensation plan by ambassadors for ambassadors, but we now have what? So it's fun to talk about dates and what we're doing right now because we can listen back on this years from now and be like, oh my gosh. So I'm like, okay, it's, it's September 29th. This is what I'm going to say. There's going to be a lot of interviews of you. Yeah. There's going to be very few interviews of us, you on the couch, talking about pre-billionaire. So it's September 29th. I think we have almost 600 people in our Facebook group. This thing has just, we've not even lit the match. It's been amazing. Yeah, and it's like wildfire. And we had our first event two weeks ago in early August. I'm like, hey, guys, we're going to do it because all my staff and everybody's like, are we going to do an event this year? Because I've been talking about doing an event. It's kind of cutting it close now. It's August. I'm like, no, guys, we're going to do an event next September. So we've got a year. And literally so many women flooded into this thing. They're like, would you do an event? So I went from not, no, we're not going to do an event till next year to two weeks later, hosting an event with 60 women flew in from all over the country. It was amazing and magical and perfect. We're doing our next event this week here at the same location, Spruce Mountain Ranch in Colorado, and another 60 people coming in. And it's just like, wow, you know, you start building momentum and and the favor of God. and. But let's talk about the her effect. Yeah. Because this, I mean... That's not only quote unquote strategic, but that's who you are. Yeah. And there's a lot of people you could say, yeah, my soap's better than your soap and it is. Yeah. But like you're the reason you have such a, a amazing following and passion is like, is this her effect that you've made? And why don't you unpack that yeah. a little bit? Okay. So more stories. I hope you guys are hanging with me on all these like stories here. So we are. Like it's 2014, I believe, or 2000, early 2015, and struggling through once again, like dealing with really bad leadership at the one of the ministries we were working with, and there was this there's this whole thing of like disempowering women and. Nathan and I, Nathan has always been supportive. He've he's always breathed life into me, but this leadership was like so not on the same page as Nathan and I. And so I felt, I felt so stripped of my power. Oftentimes, I, you know, he, I, I remember being openly ridiculed on stage because as a worship leader and like just situations happening where I was like feeling so like on one hand, I know who I am. And on the other hand, I feel like just it's being stripped of me. And I, I sat down one day and I was like, God, just show me the most powerful women in scripture. And he did. I mean, literally, I spent, now I've spent five, almost five years studying and talking to people and, t- and figuring out what the problem is and just being faithful with this idea and like kind of building something underground, not really pushing that agenda yet because the timing hasn't been right. But in the last five years, I've, I've basically developed what's the seven pillars of a woman for the her effect. They all have the word her in it. So we have entrepreneur, mother, sister, nurturer, her true beauty, 
supernatural and um, lover. And so what we're doing now with the her effect is it's, it's the whole motto is rise, run, become. And I want to take everything that I've learned and who I've become and activate women in their purpose. Because I believe that we are, we are on the verge of the greatest awakening and revival that the world has ever seen. And it's going to come from women who understand who they were born to become, who are also, you know, from a, from a biblical perspective, our role as women is to be helpers. And we have limited that to wife and mom. My gifting is like business and finance and I can, I'm capable of building a billion dollar company. I should go out and do that. There's some women where they're like, I just want to be at home with my kids. They should do that. I have created this quote that says, whatever it is that makes you come alive, do it with all your heart. And when you do, you find us in the arena with you, spanking or slapping you on the butt, (laughs) brushing the dirt off saying, go girl, you were born for such a time as this. So that's the whole her effects in a nutshell is whatever it is that makes you come alive, you should be doing that thing. And what I'm developing in the her effect is we want to equip women, empower women, support them. They long for community. They long for sisterhood and tribe. And so everything that we're putting together is designed to help women come alive. And so the events and the local chapters and the online community and everything that we're doing is literally like I see I see this movement happening of women awakening to who they were born to become and and stepping fully into their purpose, which is super exciting. And it's it's really cool to see. It's a, it's cool to see the development of human beings, especially ones that have a, have a lack of a voice in many cases, or there's so much bad teaching or representation i'm like i'm like going on some sketchy lines here but i I just i i I really admire the fact that what you're doing it's god breathed and that's the thing is it's really when we can look at the things that we're stewarding if we can see them as i'm just a steward of this thing it doesn't necessarily belong to me then you can then there's no competition then there's no fomo there's no like I'm missing out or I'm not moving fast enough. It's like, just stay focused on that thing that God has given you whatever's in your hand right now. Be faithful with that thing. A quote that I heard you say when we first met that is now one of my favorite quotes. You remember what it is? Better the pain of discipline than the pain of regret. (laughs) Better the pain of discipline than the pain of regret. And man, that, that really speaks to me because I don't want to regret anything in life. And and knowing that like God has given us so much to steward, like we want to be good stewards of that. Thank you for like walking true in that and being who you are. Um, one of the questions that I want to end this, this conversation with, I end all my conversations with is say, this is your last day, Jamie, you're with your family, with the people that you love the most. So I'll be there. <laughs> and you out of all the things that you you've learned you've experienced, what, what's the conversation you're going to be having? What are you going to instill in the people in that room? Knowing that like, this is your last conversation. What's that going to look like? That thing that you see that you've shut down, that you're like, this isn't possible, or I'm not supposed to do that. Or, um, you know, shatter that mold and awaken the dreamer and start taking action. Action creates clarity and it cures fear. And most people are so afraid of failing. They're so afraid of like, is this the right direction? But if you just begin and take action, 
ultimately, and you continue on on that path of stewarding faithfully with the vision and the dream, every person has a seed of vision. God wouldn't say that without a vision, the people perish. If he didn't give every single person some vision, and you have to, you have to awaken that vision, and then you have to take action. Jamie, I, I love you. I love your family. I love, I love your, your businesses that you're building and, and the passion that you bring. Thank you for showing up powerfully. Better the pain of discipline than the pain of regret. That's that's the that's the phrase that I've taken and and really has sparked me uh, to do. Even what I'm doing now is is I don't want to regret anything, and I um, am just so driven by helping people reach their highest potential. And it's so cool to see people like Jamie truly living that out and having a huge difference. So I so I said if you if you were like interested. Uh, into what Jamie's doing. And as she said, she's like in the process of building a network marketing business. But I'll say this, because I'm super skeptical too. This is very different. This is a different kind of network marketing company. It's a different kind of um, atmosphere, mainly because she's leading with the her effect and having so many of those principles in in there. And, and so if this is something that you're interested in, I don't even have all the details yet. I just know, I just believe in Jamie and I believe in what she's doing. And, and so I'll just say there may be a link in this, this episode. There may not be depending on when you're listening to this. Um, but, but just know, like, if you're curious and want to learn more, reach out to me. I can personally get you connected to, to the best person that can, that can give you more information on how you can play a role in MIG. Um, or there may be a link down below where you could click and, and sign up or, or watch the videos. I don't know exactly what's all going on, but I do know if this message resonates with you, you have, a, have an obligation to get connected with Jamie and what she's doing. And I'm telling you this, I, I'm connected with her because I believe in her. Yeah, her products are great. Yes, I, I've used them. I, I joke with her. I, I'm, I've been dove free for, um, for like two or three months um, just because when I, when I first you know, connected with her. She asked me what I, what kind of soap I use. And I was like, oh, I don't know, like Dove body wash. And she like was going to kill me. Um, and so a- after getting educated and using her products, like it truly is amazing. Um, but that's not the reason I had the episode. I just, as she's going through this process, I'm like, man, this, this interview is going to be so significant because it's going to be pre launch. Uh, it's going to be pre a lot of things. And so thank you again for listening to this. And if this message resonated with you, please share it with people that need to hear it. And if this is something that you want to learn more about as far as what Jamie's up to, please reach out to me um, or click the link below and uh, I'll get you connected with the right people. God bless. Have an amazing rest of your week. And uh, really, I, I really hope this encouraged you and I hope that you can reflect on what, what you have on your heart, what you need to bring to market. And remember... Better the pain of discipline than the pain of regret. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.